What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Well, Rick Mercer has a new memoir out, and it goes behind the scenes of stories from some of his weekly adventures on his TV show. This is a show that spanned 15 seasons. It has situations where his life was in danger. He jumped into a lake with a politician sans bathing suit. The stories go on and on, and Rick Mercer joins me now to talk more about them. Hey, thanks so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you have just finished your second memoir, which is two more than a lot of people ever write. And this one is behind the scenes of the Rick Mercer Report, which I know many, many people are familiar with, huge fans of. You started by writing, asking the question, what does it mean to be Canadian? Uh, Don't want to give the answer away, but what was it like trying to find out? Well, my tongue was a little bit in my cheek when I suggested that when I started out with the Mercer Report, I wanted to answer that question. What does it mean to be a Canadian? And the reason why that question was banging around in my head for most of my life is when I was a kid, um, when I was like 16, I guess, uh, Brian Mulroney's government had a royal commission that traveled around the country asking the question, what does it mean to be a Canadian? And I can remember being a kid going, my God, what kind of weird country are we that we have to ask that question and then of course it being a royal commission they spend about 20 or 30 million dollars and produce six phone books worth of material never answered the question <laughs> and i did notice over the years that if people did talk about what it mean to be meant to be a canadian very quickly canadians will just start talking about how we're not like americans which is a really weird way to define yourself so i always thought long story short in the back of my mind when i headed out on the road do the Mercer Report, I was going to travel to all these places, I would somehow answer that question in a way that would finally nip it in the bud. But I don't want to give away too much. No, <laughs> no, no. We, we won't do that. Uh, you mentioned no. traveling. 15 years you spent going to yeah. more places, I'm sure, in Canada that that many, many people have visited. Uh, people familiar with the show will know that, that you talk to a lot of politicians, musicians. Uh, there's a great uh, part in there about tobogganing with Getty Lee. You don't pull any punches when it comes to calling out politicians, no matter the party. Uh, were you ever surprised or were you ever worried what the what the reaction would be when you call them out? And, and really, in some cases in the book, I mean, like I said, you're not pulling any punches. Uh, you know, the show was always about celebrating. And it was all if we went to a town, we were celebrating. If we if I went and I joined an assembly line where people are sorting garbage on a recycling factory. I was there to celebrate that occupation. It was just celebrate, celebrate. That was, that was a, a cardinal rule. Uh, with the politicians, not so much. Um, but a number of them came on the show over the years. And this book is about behind the scenes. So I do talk about the weird encounters that I had with Prime Minister Stephen Harper when he appeared on the show and some very odd encounters with Justin Trudeau along the way. Then, of course, there's skinny dipping with Bob Ray, which happened on the show. There were, but I, it's mostly, it's not like I'm not pulling any punches. It's just, I'm just telling the story 10 years later about what really happened behind the scenes. 
And when it was happening, and you write about this, that this was not a show to have gotcha moments, and you didn't want people to think that if something happened that was like that, that it was going to go into the show, it was going to go on television. But when those moments were happening, in the back of your mind, were you thinking, one day I'm going to tell these stories? Uh, Maybe, and only in the context of uh, a politician, a prime minister or someone like that, because that was so key (laughs) for the show that we had such incredible access. Like, it was unbelievable. We could literally call anywhere and say, we'd like to come and do a segment. And they always said yes, because I think people knew in their heart of hearts that we weren't there to embarrass them in any way. And a lot of the times, I was dealing with people who had never been on TV before, probably will never be on TV ever again. And I looked at my job as to making them look like rock stars. And it's one thing to have Geddy Lee, the lead singer of Rush, on the show, and he knows his way around an interview. Of course he does. He's been doing it for, for you know, 50 years. But, but to have someone who's an oyster fisherman, then that's a different skill set. And I don't have a lot of skills, but I feel like I was good at that. Well, and even closer to home in, in B.C., you got the bee beard. And I think even in, for British Columbians, that wasn't something that a lot of people knew about, nor is it something that a lot of people would do, even if they no. were a TV host. Oh, no. There was, always, uh, there was always an accusation because on the surface, you look at my show, it was such a great gig. I, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people were very envious of the gig. But there were always things that people weren't envious of. Like that, like, oh, we're going to take a queen bee and we're going to slather it, tie it to your neck. Yeah. And we're going to slather your neck and face with some sort of pheromone, pheromone, what do they call it? Whatever, it makes bees insanely horny. <laughs> then we're going to drop 10,000 bees in front of your face and they're going to attach themselves to you. Those <laughs> days, I, weren't, I wasn't going, this is the best job in the world. But overall, I was. Because... You said in your introduction that I've traveled to so many places, and I really believe it's given me a perspective. And obviously, I'm a big supporter of people traveling inside of Canada. I think it would solve so many of our problems. But that said, the reality is, if you're there in Vancouver or anywhere in British Columbia, and you're going, you know, maybe we should take the kids to the Maritimes for a couple of weeks. Well, you can go to Hawaii for a month for what that costs. <laughs> and and same with if you're in Toronto. I mean, my God, they almost pay you to go to Florida. Um, so traveling inside of Canada has always been difficult. Um, it's always been expensive. We're such a big country. So I realized that the fact that I went to 500 different places in 15 years was like a gift like no other. And if anyone gets the chance to go to, say, a Callowit or Yellowknife or any of these places in the north as well, they should absolutely jump at the shot. But it's, it's tricky stuff to pull off. It is indeed. And like you said, it is uh, very expensive, uh, depending on where you're going uh, as well. Uh, you do write in the book as well, uh, your trip to Africa with Belinda Stronic. And then after that, uh, I-, I loved how this all came about because people will probably remember Spread the Net and that that happened because you had two minutes of air to fill. Yeah, a long story short, I went to Africa with Belinda. And when I said, I said, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to be one of those white guys who doesn't <laughs> shut up about Africa, okay? Like, you know, they don't need that. And but we ended up starting a charity called Spread the Net, which purchased anti-malaria bed nets. And uh, because of the experience that we had in Africa that was, you know, uh, terrifying and, and devastating, and we were both very committed to buying a lot of bed nets, and we did. 
But then about two years after the charity started, I had never mentioned the charity on the air because it was about children dying in Africa. And we were a comedy show, for God's sake. It was like, <laughs> well, that's not going to work. And then one week, we came up short. We had about two minutes to kill. And we had done a number of contests that I always had high hopes for, but never really worked, like Canada, Canada's best toboggan hill or Canada's coolest shed. Or, and we just... And it was my partner, Gerald, said, what about the bed nets there? You know, try to get high school students to raise money for bed nets. So we launched the, the bed net challenge, the student challenge. And we just said, whatever school raises the most money for bed nets and buys the most bed nets will come and visit you. And I honestly thought, you know, maybe we'll raise three grand, maybe four grand. And it took off like crazy. 50, students, 50 schools signed up or something. Um, and then I started getting almost hate mail from elementary school students going, why aren't we eligible? And they had learned about malaria. They knew it was a childhood disease that was a disease that was particularly uh, fatal when it came to children. And they wanted to, they started joining the contest, even though they weren't eligible. And it just took on a life of its own over the next 10 or 11 years. And millions and millions and billions of dollars were raised. And I should emphasize, I didn't raise a dime of it. It was all students across the country. Uh, they did the heavy lifting. By the end of it, we were visiting four schools a year. Um, and it was always my favorite show because I just always felt like the future, when you when you operate in the bubble that's Ottawa covering politics sometimes, it's easy to think the glass is half empty. But I just always felt so good about the future and, and young people and the country. After a week of traveling all over the country to visit schools, who would raise money for children on the other side of the planet. It was just always an incredible, feel-good, wonderful episode. Well, it is one of many, many uh, amazing stories in this book. Rick, I could talk to you for hours, but we are out of time. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Rick Mercer. The book is called The Road Years, A Memoir Continued.